The following audio is from the Grove Church Snohomish campus. For more information about our church or to listen to previous sermons, check out our website at grove.church. Well, good morning and welcome to Easter Sunday at the Grove Church Snohomish. We are thrilled that you are here today. My name is Andrew and my wife Amanda and I are so excited to pastor this incredible church and what God's doing in our midst. If you have a Bible today, I'm going to have you turn to Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. Today, in some small way, I'm going to do my very best to try to do justice to the wonder and majesty of who our God is and what he has done through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And today we celebrate that Jesus is alive. Can I hear an amen? Let's just start, first of all, with our universe as we look to the wonder of God. There are more stars in the universe than grains of sand on all the beaches on the earth. That's at least a billion trillion. The biggest thing right now that happened in science is this picture or these images that described this black hole that we've been seeing all over the news. This black hole is larger than the entire solar system that we know as the Milky Way. It is 6.5 billion the times the mass of our sun. The sun, our star, and all the planets around it are a part of a galaxy known as the Milky Way galaxy. It is estimated that there are 400 billion stars in our galaxy alone. To Earth. Earth, 70% of the Earth's surface is covered in water. The earth is 93 million miles or 150 million kilometers from the sun, the third planet from the sun. Earth is also known as the blue planet because of its bluish appearance from outer space. In our earth, we experience tides, tides that happen in the ocean because of the way that the earth is tilted and the force of gravitation between the earth and the moon, the moon pulls water up in oceans and even in lakes due to gravitational force. In the earth alone, we experience the four seasons, fall, winter, spring, and summer. These seasons are caused by the earth having one of the most circular orbits of all the eight planets. Its axis is off its orbital plane, which produces the beautiful experiences and seasons that we experience here on earth. And then now to humans. Our brains are sometimes more active than when you're asleep than when you're awake. You have been given five senses, sight, hearing, taste, smell, and touch. The average human heart beats more than three billion times in an average lifespan. Scientists estimate that the nose can recognize a trillion different scents. A human's ears and nose never stop growing. So no wonder my brothers called me Dumbo my entire childhood. I had this nickname for some reason because when I was born, I had a small head and huge ears. Thank God I've grown into my ears. For an adult human taking just one step, check this out, uses up to 200 muscles. The body can detect taste in less than a second. Zero, zero point fifteenth of a second, your body can detest a taste, which is faster than the blink of an eye. 
The brain contains 86 billion nerve cells joined by a trillion, 100 trillion connections. This is more than the number of stars in our Milky Way. The fastest muscle in a human body are the ones that make the eyes blink. They can contract in less than one hundredth of a second. In just one day, a person may blink their eyes over 11,500 times. A human eye can distinguish between approximately 10 million different colors. Your skull is made up of 29 different bones. The average four-year-old asks 450 questions a day. God help us all. The fragrance of apples and bananas can help make a person lose weight. Can I hear an amen? A kiss increases a person's pulse to 100 beats per minute or more. So all you happy, lovely couples, let's get the kissing going on around here. And lastly, people with blue eyes are more sensitive to pain than others. Blue eyes, raise your hands. Oh, yeah, all you pansies, I love it. It's awesome. But see, all of this is just amazing what God has created. The universe, the stars, the sky, the earth, each other, mankind, all that God has created is incredible and is meant to call us to worship and to be in awe of all that he has done for our lives. And yet here's the problem. When God created the world, he created Adam and Eve, and he created them to enjoy his creation. He gave them rule and dominion and his very presence at the Garden of Eden to be incredible with his people. They would walk with God's very physical presence. They had authority. They enjoyed the oceans and the skies and the animals and this amazing, perfect place with God, and yet... This awe and wonder of God's creation, this incredible, magnificent world, this garden that God had created to be with his people, it wasn't enough. The awe of that wonder and the awe of that majesty was not enough for Adam and Eve. The problem that they face is rather than being in all of who God is and all of his majesty and all of his beauty and all of his creation and enjoying his very presence, the problem is that they wanted to be full of themselves. They had this awe of self. Even the serpent said, if you take and eat of this fruit, you will become like God. And that desire, that desire to be in control, that desire to be in awe of who they were versus in awe of who God was, was the very thing that caused them to fall into sin. We call it original sin in theological or Bible terms. The beginning of the fracturing of our lives. And we face this same problem here today. That God in his magnificent creation and this wonderful planet and the beauty of who he is and yet what we experience in our lives today is this desire to be impressed more with ourselves and what we can do than what God has already done. Recently, my wife and I went to a movie with our two daughters. We have an almost four-year-old and a 16-month-old now, Lydia and June. And we went to the AMC Theater in Linwood. 
as we showed up, we had passes. Someone had given us some passes. It's like, oh, sweet, our movie won't cost that much. We'll have to pay for, for Lydia, not to pay for uh, you and I. So we get to the counter, and the late, we were seeing a movie called The Missing Link. It's just this kind of kid's funny movie or whatever. And so uh, we get to the counter, and the, the lady says, I'm so sorry, but these passes only cover the, the starting rate of the theater you're going into, but there's an additional fee because you're going to watch this in Dolby. This, this movie is in the Dolby Theater. Okay, now I didn't care less about watching a kid's movie in a Dolby theater, okay? But I'm like, okay, well, what's it going to cost? It's like, well, it's $5 per ticket per person, even without your passes. And it ended up being $27 with the passes to go to see this movie. It was a ripoff. I don't recommend it, okay? But as I walked into this theater, okay, I walked into this theater, I walked into this amazement. I walk in and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my word. I don't say God because I'm a Christian. Oh, my word, okay? It was like, an, it was one of those IMAX theaters, okay? It was just massive, you know, screen is wall to wall, ceiling to floor. So I'm just like, I'm seeing a kid's movie in this. I'm seeing a kid's movie in this. I hate kid's movies. I hate kids. Okay, no, I'm kidding. But I'm literally like, oh, my word. This is just breathtaking. So I'm like, Manda, worth all 27 bucks, babe. This is amazing. So we then make our way to our seats, and they're full on like lazy boy, kind of like the video, reclining, fully reclined, electrical. You just press a button, like, meh. And you're, I'm literally laying fully back on my back watching this kid's movie. And the sound, and the seat shakes, and the subwoofers, and it goes crazy. Right, any, any fun scene, the old seat shaking, you know, Liddy's big eyes, and I'm just like, this is awesome, you know, it's amazing. And yet, isn't it incredible that a dumb theater and a big old screen on comfortable seats is what I'm amazed at? I mean, of all the things in the world, of God's amazing creation and amazing beauty, of all the things, this theater just grabbed my attention, and I thought it was the most incredible thing ever. Why? Because there were people, when they first made a theater, thought, man, I wonder if we can make it bigger. I wonder if we can get their attention more. I wonder if we can get them to want something larger and make them brighter and make them stronger. And yet the creation of God is calling out to you and I today to say, is not my creation, is not the wonder and majesty and awesome of the trees and the sky and the Olympics and the Cascades from Baker to Rainier, is that not enough for you to bow and worship King Jesus? Do you hear what I'm saying today? The creation of God calls and beckons who God is and what he has done. And yet you and I struggle so much with wanting something more. The Psalms writes in Psalms 145, 5, it says, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. But in fact, sometimes we find ourselves even as Christ followers, meditating on things that are not of God. Sometimes we chase and we crave and we crawl to find things that will fill voids and vacuums in our hearts that only God can fill. And even Romans, Paul taught this when he said, because they exchanged the truth of God about God for a lie and they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. 
Amen. See, even Paul said thousands of years ago that we would have a problem with not being satisfied with the wonder and awe of who God is. We would not be satisfied with that alone. We would always be craving and desiring something more in addition to what God has done. And so therefore, sin became a problem. The awe of self became a problem. And so there's sacrifices, and the law was given, and there's kings, and there are rulers, and yet sin is still a problem until Christ comes. We meet Jesus in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And here's when we meet him. We meet him as a baby. He lives to roughly about 33 years old. He performs miracles and healing of the sick. He does incredible things with his life in the short time that he has. He then was executed and killed an awful death on a cross. He was nailed, mocked, tortured, and suffocated to death to pay the penalty for your sins and my sins on a cross. And it's on Good Friday, two days ago, that we remember what Jesus did on the cross. His closest friends and companions, the disciples, would abandon him. Peter, kind of the ringleader, the loudmouth, would deny him three times. His own family would desert him, and there would be a small group of people there in the shadows watching everything that's happening as Jesus faces the trials and faces the hate and faces the injustice as an innocent person suffering and dying on a cross. We get to Saturday where we read in the scriptures that we see some of the disciples go back to their original job of fishing. We see some of them hiding out in a room worried about the religious leaders trying to find them and maybe kill them because they were a part of his group. It's on this Saturday that we experienced yesterday this darkness This confusion, this wondering, what happened? I thought he came to save. I thought he came to redeem. I thought his kingdom would never end. And we experience all of this on Saturday. But it's on early Sunday, which is why we gather here today and every other Sunday. This is Luke 24, verse 1. It says, but on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Johanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told them these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stopping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. 
Let's pray for God's word today. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you, God, that we sit here today, over 2,000 years ago, being reminded once again, Lord, that you are not dead, you are alive in us. God, we thank you today more than anything that our hearts would be in awe of who God is and what he has done in our place for our sins. I pray today, God, more than anything, that your word once again would speak to our hearts, would draw us close to you, would recognize, God, what you have done for us. It's in your good name we pray. Amen. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 6, he says, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some had fallen asleep. See, the amazing thing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is that if he would have stayed dead, you and I would not be here today. In fact, Paul writes that if Christ had not risen, your preaching would be in vain, and so would be your faith. So there were many people in Jesus' day that came and had different messages and spoke different things, but it was only Jesus who prophesied, people prophesied about him, and he prophesied about himself that someday he was going to come and that he was going to have to lay down his life for the sheep. He would go over and over and use different parables and examples of, I'm the good shepherd and I lay my life down for the sheep. He would prophesy about how in three days this temple will be destroyed, but in three days it will rise again. He would talk and talk and talk about this, and yet nobody understood why Jesus had to die the death he died and why he had to rise again. What they believed and what the disciples and the crowd believed is that when Jesus came, he was going to come as a violent messiah. He was going to come and destroy the kingdoms of Rome and the powers that be with power and with rule. And yet what Jesus was trying to teach the disciples over and over and over and continues to teach us over and over and over, that it will not be a power struggle, it will not be a violent power, it will not be a violent act, it will be through love, through compassion, through grace and mercy that God's kingdom will reign on the earth. It won't come in judgment. It won't come in rage. It won't come in anger or in bitterness. It will come in love and the power of the gospel will be preached and continue to be preached through the message of Jesus' love and grace and hope. See, what's amazing today is we sit here today, and maybe some of us sit here, you say, you know, I only come to church on, on, a, on a Christmas or an Easter. Or I only come out every now and then because I, I was hurt by a church. Or I was hurt by a pastor. Or somebody said something to me that really offended me. And they judged me and they accused me and they made me feel like I wasn't welcome. Can I tell you right now, if that's you in this place, I'm so sorry that's happened to you. Can I tell you right now that that's not the heart of God? Can I tell you right now that God's heart and his Bible teaches that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance and that you can belong to the family of God even way before you ever learn how to behave properly and know all the rules and thoughts and ideas? 
But yet a lot of times what happens in our lives is we get burned and we get hurt and we suffer and things happen to us and then we just throw the whole thing out the window. As much as I want to tell you that I'm a perfect person, I'm not. As much as I want to tell you that you walked into a perfect church, you didn't. But we look to the scriptures, we look to the truth of what God has said, and here's what God says. I have came for lost people to be found. I have came for worthy to be found people. I have came not for you to live a good life and do good things. No, it was for you to surrender your life to me and I can walk into your life and change every part of you. But sometimes we have to forgive those who've hurt us. Sometimes we have to move past the hurt of a church or a pastor or something that someone said. Sometimes we have to move past even the way that people look in order to recognize that Jesus came for all. He didn't come for the religious people and the lost people. He came for both people. He didn't come just for the skeptic, but he came for the person who knew everything and understands everything. He didn't come just for the poor and the downcast. He came to those who are claimed to flame, that have education, that are prominent. He came for all people. The resurrection is what changes every other religion on planet Earth. Why? Because every other religion does not believe that their Savior and Messiah rose again. And we sit here today believing that with all of our hearts. Paul says, I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. I want to go back to Psalms 145 and just read a few more verses of that here today. It says in Psalms verse 1, it says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. This week on Monday night, my wife and I, my brother, and my sister-in-law had the privilege, privilege of going to a theater in Seattle and watching um, Bethel sing and play and incredible worship experience. Packed house, about 35 roughly 100 people showing up all to worship and praise King Jesus. And if that doesn't fire your faith up, I'm telling you, man, it did something in my heart that I will never forget. Somehow we got there early enough. We're in the first few rows. It was general mission. I think we were like five rows back, but this thing had like two balconies and two levels. And I remember at one point, you know, we're singing, you know, God is so good. God is so good. And I just turn around and there are literally thousands of people singing, God is so good. Literally thousands of people raising their hands, singing about the awesomeness and wonder of who God is. There's literally thousands of people singing, break every chain and raise a hallelujah and God is alive. And it was the most moving experience of my life to know that every age, every color of skin, young and old, families, singles, every single person was lifting up the name of Jesus. It was incredible. 
There wasn't a denomination there. There wasn't different you know, tribes and different. We all came together to lift up and praise the name of Jesus. The psalm says, I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. I want to hone in on this last section here. It says, and one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. If you thought I was excited, oh, it's just about to get greater in here. And one generation shall declare to another generation his mighty acts. I sit here today, 2019, 33 years old, and I declare to my generation and to my church and to my family that Jesus is alive. That's what we do from one generation to the next. And someday Christ will send me home and I will be in his glory and in heaven. But until that day comes, whether his return or my death, I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus. I'm going to tell you today that he's the best thing that's ever happened to you. I'm going to tell you today it's the best decision you can make with your life to turn your life over to King Jesus. And that's what we do. We tell one generation after another generation after another generation of what Christ has done. Can I hear an amen? amen? That's what we do. And we don't just do it on Easter Sunday. It's every single day. It was my parents telling me about Jesus and now me as a parent with my wife telling my children about Jesus. And someday when they leave the home, even though they're never getting married and they're going to live with me forever, when they leave the home and get married, they're going to tell their children about Jesus. That's what this is about here today. We share the message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection from one generation to another. We share the good news of Jesus Christ. And what is this good news? That the God of this universe, just think about that for a minute. Just stop right now and think about this for a minute. That the God of this universe, the galaxies, the planets, the creation of the landscapes, the mountains, that even the mountains quake at the very presence of God. This amazing God created you and I and came to give you life. This God who put breath in your lungs, blessed you in the family that you're in, raised you and taught you who he is. This God who created the mountains, every animal, every person, Every being, this God who gave you your soul is saying to you today, I have come to give you life. I'm alive so you can be alive in me. I have conquered death, sin, and the grave so that you no longer need a Savior to come. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he came to redeem our sense of wonder and awe of him. He came to set us free from awe of self. He came to set us free from this sin that thinks we need more to be wowed and wondered. He came to forgive us and heal us and remind us that I'm enough. Christ is enough. His presence is enough. His cross and resurrection are enough. We don't need to be wowed anymore. 
We don't need more things. We don't need bigger homes. We don't need nicer cars. We need Jesus to experience in our hearts a newness and a wonder of what he's done. And our response is very simple. It's two responses. We either need this hope or we are dealers of this hope. First one here, we either need this hope. We may sit here today needing to admit our sin before God. Bible says we must confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again three days later to give us life and hope. We must accept the free gift of salvation. We must admit here today, I am in need of this everlasting hope. I need to be forgiven. I need to be washed clean. My mistakes, my all, my obsession of the things I have or the things I do, my pride, my guilt, I need that to be washed away today. I need the free gift of salvation. I want to accept Jesus into my life today. I want him to be my Lord and Savior. That's some of us in this room today. You're going to have an opportunity in just a moment. As the worship team comes, you're going to have an opportunity in just a moment to accept the free gift of Jesus and the salvation message of why he came. See, or we sit here today and we recognize we have said that prayer, we have accepted salvation, we have been forgiven, we have been washed clean, and we sit here today and go, you know, I need to become a dealer of that hope. That word dealer just basically means to share something. I need to become a person that shares the message of Jesus with others. I've been given this hope. I've been given this redemption. I've been given this healing. I've been forgiven. I've been saved. And therefore, I need to share this with others. I'm no longer my past. I'm no longer chained to sin. I'm no longer depressed. I'm no longer afraid. And because of all of those things, I can be a dealer and share this message with others. We tell one generation to another, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of sin is death. And the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I talk about my kids a lot because other than being a pastor, I feel like they're in my world. My wife and I are trying to do the best job we can to raise two little girls to love and serve Jesus. As I was putting Lydia to bed last night, I said, Lydia, tomorrow's the day. She's like, I get Easter eggs? I'm like, what did you just say? No, I'm not gonna, I didn't say that. I'm like, baby girl, t- tomorrow's the day. She's like, is it Easter tomorrow? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do I get to have a party at church? I'm like, yeah. She's like, do I get to have a donut? I'm like, yeah. You get all of it. Yeah, we do the egg hunts. Yeah, we do the baskets. Yeah, we do the fun. Yeah, we do the food. But man, I want her to recognize and know that today is much bigger than a bunny and eggs with chocolate, much bigger than donuts, much bigger than anything. I want her to know that every single single Easter weekend that Christ came and paid a price for her. 
that Christ came and suffered and died for her. I want her to see Jesus in me and through me. I want her to know that her mom loved her so much, but we love Jesus even more. I want you to bow your heads with me here today. If you sit here today and you hear a message about the wonder of God, the stars and the heavens and the earth, the Bible says in Psalms 19, declare the wonder and mighty acts of God. His creation beckons. His creation calls. His creation shouts out, I have come to give you life. I have come to save you from your sin. I have created all of this world to capture your awe and wonder of me. I want your heart. I want your soul. I want you to know that you can be found in me. And if you're here today and you say, you know, I need this hope. I need the hope of Jesus to come into my life, to save me from my sin. I admit today I'm a sinner in need of grace. If you want to accept the free gift of salvation, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand all over this place. You want to accept Jesus in your heart today. Go ahead and lift him up right now. You're here today. One, thank you so much, my friend. Thanks for being honest. Two, three, thank you so much. Anymore with these three hands, you can put your hands down. Four, thank you so much. Anyone else with these four hands, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior with these four hands. The free gift of salvation, forgiveness with these four hands. Anyone else? You want to know Jesus. You want him to save you, come into your life, make you new with these four hands. Just want to give it one more minute here. Anyone else with these four hands? You want to know Jesus? All right, with these four hands, I'm going to have you pray this prayer with me. If you raise your hand, if you're a believer in this place, you're going to pray this with me as well. You're going to say, Jesus, I sit here today and I accept the free gift of salvation. I believe you died on, on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again on the third day. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. With every head bowed in this place, if you're here today, you sit here and go, you know, I need, to, I need to be a dealer of this hope. I need to become more bold in how I live and how I share my faith. I need to become a person that responds to the message of Christ with excitement. I need my awe to be redeemed. I need to be wild once again of what Christ has done. If you're in this place and that's you, would you just lift up your hands in this place? I want to pray for every single one of these hands. God, I thank you today that you see every hand, you see every heart. I pray, God, you would renew in us a sense of your wondrous, unsearchable glory and presence of your creation. I pray, God, it would point to you, God, the creator. We'd wake up every day, God, breath in our lungs, shouting praises to God for all that you've done and given us to enjoy. 
And we thank you today, God, that we sit here, we stand here today and we sing, God, you have made us alive in you. You are alive, God. Your son is not dead, he is alive. And we're gonna tell it today, we're gonna tell it next Sunday, we're gonna tell it to the generation and the generation and the generation after that King Jesus is alive. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Snohomish Sermon Podcast. If you wanna keep up with us, like us on Facebook, Instagram, or visit our website at grove.church.